Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned that this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Robin. And I'm Bayana. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we are discussing Chapter 8 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, Snape Victorious. We have some announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive and we want to know your thoughts. So please feel free to tweet along with us. Use the hashtag wizard team on Twitter to follow along. You can also join our Facebook group. You can comment on our Facebook page. We don't really check it as often as we should, but you can do that. And we have a Slack group, which I think is also a thing that I've just stepped on toes, but you can join that as well. Um, love our blog, love Wizard Team, have a few extra galleons lying around. Donate to Black Girls Create. You can become a Patronus or send us a cheering charm at blackgirlscreate.org slash donate. And we have Wizard Team merch, so head over to our website and step up your nerd fashion and stationery game. Um, and if you want to support us but don't have the funds to do so, rate and review us on iTunes, um, as well as anywhere else that you listen to this podcast. And subscribe to Black Witches Weekly. It is our newsletter curated by Wizard Bay Deb with nerd news and links to what's been going on. So if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. You can go to blackgirlscrate.org and definitely do so because it's super entertaining and informative. It is. It very much is. And now. It's like Deborah herself. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and now for Wizard Team News. One thing, so a bunch of letters um, that belong to Alan Rickman have surfaced, and I think they're now all like on sale or were on sale for an auction. Um, auction, Yeah, yeah. one of these letters, um, or most of these letters are about, or like about Harry Potter, like not a lot of, not most of them, but some of them are about Harry Potter, like to, to or from different actors, producers, directors, that kind of thing. Um, There is one, though that he wrote titled inside um, snape's head no <laughs> which yes. i love yes it's titled inside snape's head and in this and this is from an article um on mental floss and i will we'll tweet it out yeah. again on wednesday i think we might have retweeted or something at some point but we'll do it on wednesday too or today i guess because you know time yeah. um <laughs> so in in this tighter in this thing the quote this is quoting the um Directly from the article, it says, The actor bemoaned the way in which Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince director, David Yates, handled a specific part of Snape's characterization. Details about what exactly Rickman didn't uh, like aren't made public, but the author wrote, It's as if David Yates has decided that this is not important in the scheme of things, i.e. teen audience appeal. When questioning the director's choices. Um, So, basically, he's just saying what we all know. We all know. And this is um, (laughs) written... around the time of Half-Blood Prince. And so it says that the frustration started as early as the second installment of Chamber of Secrets, um, which was Christopher Columbus's directing, but they obviously got to the point where he's bemoaning 
as the um, article uses in half-blood prints. Right, and we and don't so actually, we can, in this article, it doesn't say what his issues were then, right? Like, because you can have different frustrations right. about different parts of a thing, but, like, this article makes it a point to talk about David Yates specifically and how he, there are things that he leaves out and doesn't seem to think are important to the plot, when, in fact, they, they are. are. And I think, and too, I, it's very interesting because you can see, I don't remember much of the Half-Blood Prince movie beyond Burning Down the Burrow, but I yeah. do remember um, with Snape making, like, they they give, like, after the Ooh. the Dumbledore, that's when, that's when he does, like, the lamb to the slaughter type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't, they, and we've talked about this, they make Snape much more reasonable. Um, but also they don't, like, that's They don't not, give it as much nuance. Yeah, yeah. And, like, there are, like, in the movie, <laughs> it seems like Snape is upset of how Dumbledore is treating Harry. But in the books, I always read it as, like, you have me do all this nonsense and he goes die. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, exactly. Just, because it's about how Dumbledore manipulated him into doing this stuff for yeah. somebody he doesn't like. Right, not that Dumbledore is manipulating Harry, that Dumbledore... And then that- also he's manipulating Harry, which in turn is like disrespecting Lily's memory, not necessarily right. caring about Harry's life as, as like his own full person. Autonomous thing. Yeah. Um, and I also think that like we've talked about with the movies, um, they make Snape, like they, they make him much more reasonable and much less um, bitter. I guess is the mm-hmm. right way to say it. So like, even when he's being nasty to Harry, he's not that nasty to him. And it's always in times when Harry really does deserve it. Mm-hmm. And so I think another issue, at least that I have, is that when it comes to like naming your damn child Albus Severus, like in the, if you are only in the movie universe, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you don't get why Potterheads are so mad about it. Right. <laughs> because like, Okay, Harry finds out this one piece of information that sheds a little bit of light on Snape's choices, but that doesn't erase the abuse that Snape does or how he treated other characters, like Neville mm-hmm. or Hermione. But, but, but getting back to this specific yeah. thing, because I, um, in, in terms of like Half-Life Prince, since like what you're talking about is more like after that, yeah. Um, like, I'm thinking probably what it was was his relationship with... Like, I... Because I was trying to, like, think back to, like, what... Because it's about Snape's mm-hmm. characterization specifically and not in the movie... In that particular movie and not necessarily, like, something else that's going on in the in the movie, right? Um, so I'm guessing it either has something to do with, like, the way that they show his interaction with Dumbledore, like, his arguments with Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Um, could also maybe be... no. It would be that. I feel like the beginning scene with Narcissa and Bellatrix and stuff was pretty close-ish. But maybe, like, not... Because I don't think that they really went into Snape's, like, motivations in a way. Like, it yeah. was still... In the books, it's a it's very much, like, a it's a red herring and it's, like, it's a bait-and-switch or whatever. But, like, even within the lies, there is truth to that. And I think that, like, there are parts that were left out. So, I mean, we don't know exactly which part he had an issue with. Um, but I would guess that one of those two things are because they're like the two moments that 
um, show or mm, or the it is I the half blood prince like it's something yeah. so it's like those well, three that I like think- have something that like shows you more about his person yeah. about him as like a character that would be important for later on when you are getting all these pieces to put or when you're putting all the pieces together yeah and I think like as you're saying that um, that from what I remember they don't do a very good job of showing how Harry starts to really relate to the Half-Blood Prince, like, as its own entity, um, and starts to, like, kind of form this, like, ad, you know, he admires this person. I feel like there's a couple of scenes where he, like, gets a potion right, or he, like, does sectum simpra. I think those are, like, the two scenes. Right. And so you don't get the idea of, like, he's learning more about Snape as a person, divorced from, like, knowing that he's learning more about Snape as a person until the end of the book. Mm-hmm. And so that uh, it is I, the Affleck Prince thing, doesn't mean as much, but also no. doesn't, it never puts the two together because you don't get to see, like, you know, all of the times that Harry is, like, leaning on that book. I mean, that, and then also, like, when you, like, learning about his actual family after the fact, and, like, yeah. even just the stuff in Order of the Phoenix when Harry does the little, like... Protego mm-hmm. on uh, Snape and gets to see his and they well no 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 he uses it once and he sees he uses it like the first time or he uses it, he uses it one time and then he sees like snippets of Snape's childhood so like he sees like Snape cowering in a corner while his parents are arguing but really it's like his dad is abusing his mother and like so you see, you see like stuff like that and then but in the movie they conflate that moment and the pensive mm-hmm. thing but like seeing that relationship between his like parents right and then seeing half-blood prince and then learning about his mother and you're like oh it's because he identified one with the it explains a lot about like why he had the i like the ideas about muggles that he had right like even though they're not correct but like he grew up with a muggle father who was an asshole so that's like influencing part of his thinking or whatever so just like stuff like that that you could it doesn't all have to be in there, but it could. But and I think that like one of the things is uh Alan Rickman was on was like the only character or the only actor who knew his like character's yeah. um development and like arc from the beginning. Um, because it's important for you to know that in terms of like how you play it, um, for him to have that insight in how he plays the character. Um, and so I think like if he hadn't had that information, then he'd probably be like, Oh yeah, whatever, it's fine. So yeah, there's that as so well. So Lauren says that she thinks uh, J.K. Rowling massively fucked up. I was going to, like, censor it. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> massively fucked up when she made Rickman her casting headcanon, and then it was compounded 10,000 times when he was cast because Alan Rickman is such a lovable person. Like, yeah. we love Rickman Snape. Like, even... And so, like there was always going to be that dichotomy, but I don't, I kind of disagree with Lauren in the sense of like, yes, Alan Rickman is a delight, but he has played villains before and has played them convincingly while you still love him. And I think Snape can be charismatic to a certain extent. Like he is very much like, I think he's shit. Like he's a shit human. He's a shit person. I still recognize that his motivations are interesting and his choices are interesting. Um, and I think Rickman could have pulled that off. Like, I don't think that, um, like, that would have been 
so terribly done had the and I don't not to put all of this on Yates too because like who's the person that wrote you know like the person right. that wrote the screenplays also chopped a huge shit out but Yates was definitely the most um, bombastic about oh you'll have to put the pieces together yourself which is bullshit and lazy but yeah yeah um and then they're just talking about the whole Albus Severus and naming stuff in the chat. But Okay. Um so I mean that was pretty much the only news I had. Um yeah. Oh, I have yeah. some news since oh, uh-huh. I just put this in the chat and it reminded me. Your sister has made it so that I don't think I will ever not be tired again. Oh, and I your don't... mother is a saint. I mean, I have to spend the night this weekend. This is not news. And I am never having children. That's the news part. Never. Mm-hmm. Ever. I didn't. You never wanted to have children before that. I so know, I but now I'm making it a certainty. Okay. Okay. Jesus. I'm so tired. She spent it out on Saturday. That's yeah. That's just it is what it is. Also, you're you you're out of practice is what it is. That's too. It's been a long time. Yeah. Um. Okay. So new Patronus. Yay. Yay. Um. Shout out to Renice, aka Nisi Ray. What Thank up, you girl? very much for becoming a Patronus. You're awesome. We appreciate you and are excited that you like us so much that you would like to give us money. Yay. That's awesome. Um. Also, I want to say a thank you to, I'm not naming names because I can't remember them all, but people who have recently upped their levels. Oh, yeah. Um, Shout out to you. You were always real. You were always appreciated. But um, thank you for continuing to support and then giving us some more. We have some some plans and ideas with great, great, great things to come, hopefully. Right. Um, Hopefully, where we have ideas, we're we're working on it. Okay. Um, magical birthdays. Yeah, so so many. first first a fun birthday and then some like yeah cool whatever birthdays. Um, so Monday was um, Candy's birthday. She hey. so happy birthday to you. Turn up. I hope you had a great birthday. Monday birthdays are good if you're an introvert like me, where you don't really want to do nothing. For your birthday, because then that's great, and you just chill. They're also good for, like, extroverts, because you can do stuff over the weekend. You, you can have, like, the whole Right, you have, like, the weekend. You can also take days. that Monday off. Right, it's like the... Like, I miss the days... Day. Yeah, you know, I like miss... Told, I don't know. I remember back in back in uh, school, like, back um, when I was little, we used to take our birthdays off. So Mondays and Fridays are, like, good for that. Yeah. But I stopped doing that by high school, but, yeah. Yeah. I always, that. like, I have a summer birthday... But my mom would put me in summer school um, because she just didn't believe in children having fun, I guess. I don't know. She was like, you can always learn more. I'm like, I have straight A's. Go to summer school. Um, so uh, I would I would still have that. Like, And it was even worse because like, I would be in school, but like summer school is like five kids or whatever. So I'm just like, <laughs> all right, it's my birthday. Nobody cares. And I'm at school. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, other birthdays. 
Louise. Yeah. Louise. So we have Draco. His birthday was Tuesday. And today's Dudley's birthday. So that is a thing. And we just would like to let you know. I mean, because you were unaware that it's a thing. The more you know, knowledge is, you know. Yeah. Power. Power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's get started. On to <laughs> Nate Victorious. Are we ready? Yeah. Also, thank you to um, Portia and Connie for stepping in last week, and Diana as well. Well, I mean, I didn't step I mean, in, but yeah. <laughs> you don't have to thank me. It's fine. But, you know, <laughs> Thank you guys for having fun in New York without me and PTing without me. And, you know, I was, you know, sick and that was great. Um, it was really fun. I was alone and no one was, you know, hanging out with me. Are you trying to guilt me into something? Because I definitely... No. Okay. Because I'm like... Mm. I want sympathy for the fact that I mismanaged my money and couldn't go to New York. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sitting here like, you had a choice. <laughs> uh, I'm going to Vegas the Summer League. Cool. All right. All right. So, previously on Wizard Team, um, oh, we're off to Hogwarts. On the Express... Hogwarts. On the Hogwarts Express, uh, Harry, I'm sorry, Hermione and Ron have to go handle their prefect duties. Jenny is going to hang out with uh, Dean, and Harry ends up hanging out with Neville and Luna. There's some girls that think he's cute and stuff or whatever now, and so they were trying to throw shade at Luna and Neville, but Harry was like, haha, joke's on you, they're my friends, so goodbye. Um, and then... Uh, Neville and Harry were invited to uh, join Professor Slughorn in his compartment for lunch. For a long lunch, about a five-hour lunch, so from lunch to, like, early dinner. Um, and <laughs> he and Jenny ended up there, too, as well as um, Blaze Zabini, Cormac McLaggen, Michael Belby. Like, that was it. And basically, he was just there to feel him out. He was trying to figure out, like, who he wants to invite to his slug club, which is basically a big, terrible, terrible thing for a teacher to do. But apparently, you know, we know Hogwarts has no standards for their teachers and lets them do whatever the fuck None they want. At all. So, of course, the slug club is a thing, even though teachers should not have favorites and should not be out here trying it should to... should be, like, making it, like, a club of favorites. Like, but it's like because it's like so overt it. it's so overt <laughs> like like I get you're like oh this this student like he's cool I really like him I appreciate him in my classes let me like slide him a little something like fine that happens like, even having like but, a potions club or whatever and it's like right you know yeah all your favorite students are there and then you know what I mean but it's, but it's not- still like connected to your to your subject yeah but instead He's like, no, I'm going to invite you here because you know people or like your family members of these people or because you have this particular talent. Fuck everybody else in this school. Y'all are the ones I really want to build with so that when I get, when I retire again, I got more perks. But you know, like we have always said, Umbridge was trash, but the reason for her being there was not completely unreasonable. Exactly. Exactly. It was 50-50. They had a point. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so then after the slug club, Harry decides he wants to go see what Draco's up to because he can't mind his goddamn business. So he sneaks into the, into the sixth year Slytherin compartment, um, behind Blazabini, hides up on a, uh, on the little luggage thingy, um, under his invisibility cloak. Draco obviously sees him because Harry is now 16 years old and has had a sizable growth spurt. And so that cloak is not as like, it doesn't cover him the same way it used to. So he's he's not not a Ravenclaw. Right. He just went and stuck his foot in the door. He just like ran in the to the thing like a goddamn rhinoceros. He didn't. Right. He was not stealthy at all. So Draco saw him and then waited for everybody to leave and then got him. Harry got got. Got got got. Basically, so that's where we left off. So he he was Petrificus Totalist and then he got stomped and then got curb stomp curb stomped in the face. So that's his situation. Um, his immediate thought was that someone surely would check the compartments before the train departed, but at once, um, came to the dispiriting realization that even if someone looked into the compartment, he would neither be seen nor heard because Draco put the invisibility cloak on him. So now Harry's really fucked and that's all his fault. Can't even be mad at Draco about it. Like that was all him. I mean, okay. So there's that scene in Order of the Phoenix where, um, Dumbridge, Dumbridge. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Dolores Umbridge, Dumbridge. Um, When Umbridge (laughs) is like getting Snape um, with her review and and we've we've talked about how it's like, I mean, either one of them. I love that, you know, they're getting their comeuppance. I don't, you know what I mean? Even if it's from a, and I kind of feel like that with this scene. And not that like Draco is on any is that all on par with Harry in terms of like despicability? No. Despicability? Okay. Sure. Um, I know what you meant. It's fine. Um, but oh god. Um, but I do appreciate Harry getting got right now because god Same. damn it, it's year six. And also, it's like, it's didn't you not learn all the times, all la- at the end of last year, every single time you had a reckless thought, some bullshit happened right after. Like, you, all of a sudden, you can't do Occlumency anymore because you went all in Snape's thoughts. All of a sudden, you are on the fucking run. You got caught by Umbridge because you decided you was going to stick your face in her a fire. All of a sudden, I'm sorry to bring it up, Sirius gets got because you decided to run your ass all the way to the Department of Mysteries and that wasn't in your bu- none of your business. You did not have to do that. I I am just saying, every time Harry says reckless, if he hadn't picked, he had a reckless, he felt reckless, he picked up the prophecy, all of a sudden Death Eaters are there like, ha ha, you thought. Like, dude, stop it. Don't listen to those anymore. That's three times. It's like a rule of three, right? Like, once you get to three, (laughs) then you just learn that shit and you're like, okay. Listen, I'm dealing with this with Luna, my dog Luna, not Luna in the book. I'm just (laughs) like, like, she does the same shit. And I'm like, but that happened last time, though. But that, okay, but that, okay, but that's going to happen now. The only thing that I will say about that, because Ami does the same thing, where, like, she'll have a, well, no, well, because she'll, like, so we have a thing, right? Like, you know, you ask, can I have this thing? And we say no. No. And then it should be like, okay. Instead, she goes into, please, please. (laughs) She, like, breaks down. And I'm like, when is that ever helps you get the thing you want i like has it ever happened that you got the thing that you want after acting a fool 
No? Okay, then why? And the only explanation I can have for that is that she's five years old. And Luna is a puppy. Harry Potter is 16. Yeah. You better calm those reckless urges down before you end up back in London with a broken nose. Like, I just... Yeah. So other people have been like, well, you know, it's going to take her... Like, it's going to take a while. This is normal, right? And I'm like, is it, though? Is it normal? And other, like, more experienced dog owners are like, yeah, it's pretty normal. And I'm like, okay. Right? But in Harry's case, like, Hermione motherfucking Granger is your best friend. And she has told you and told you and told you and has been proven right and right mm-hmm. and right. Mm-hmm. And like Every you time. said, you're 16. Like, no one is telling you that it's a good idea. No one's like, you know what? Great idea. Like, even Ron... Was like, I don't know, man. Department of Mysteries. I mean, I'll get right. He was even like, "Why are we going after Draco?" <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I just what? no one understands why you're doing this, and I feel like for once, just listen. You don't have the answers. I'll sway. Just oh my goodness. So Harry had never hated Malfoy more than as he lay here, like an absurd turtle on its back, blood dripping sickeningly into his open mouth. That's really gross. Um, What a stupid situation to have landed him in, you think? And I do love this part, this small part of what a stupid situation to have landed himself in, because that is the small part of, like, reflection and introspection it's like it's like that time when last very long no i mean and it's not to say that like people don't have reckless ass moments because like this is like that time when i decided to jump over a puddle oh god with my trash bag and sprained my ankle and then after i was like well that was dumb (laughs) like why didn't i just go around that was a stupid plan sometimes you need that i just feel like harry has those moments People have him every once in a while, but he just doesn't learn from them. Like, I'll never jump over a puddle again. (laughs) I only had to do it one time. (laughs) I'm good. But I just, I don't understand. I mean, you understand. You just don't relate. Sure. Yes. Like, listen, I've been living with a Gryffindor for two months now, and I just, every time, I'm like, I just don't. I mean, I get what you thought you were doing. I just don't know why. Yeah, it's like I get it. I just don't. <laughs> no. How did we get here? Right. Um, so, Ron and Hermione would think that he had left the train without them. Um, see, basically, he's just like, nobody is coming for me because they don't know I'm here and I'm invisible. So, this sucks. Um he remembered that some wizards like Dumbledore could perform, could perform spells without speaking, so he tried to summon his wand, which had fallen out of his hand, by saying the words Accio wand in his head, but nothing happened, because that's not how it works. And since you weren't trained at Wagadu School of Witchcraft, you'll know what the fuck you're doing, bro. You can't do magic without your wand. at Hogwarts. And you haven't even learned how to do... You have, first of all, you you never were taught to do wandless spells, and you haven't been taught yet how to do um, silent spells, so, like, you're shit out of luck at this point. Like, it's just not gonna work for you. But that's I unfortunate. the effort. You know? You gotta try every once in a while. You just you gotta know? make sure. Yeah. Um, so he thought he could hear the rustling of trees that surrounded the lake and the far-off hoot of an owl, but no hint of a search being made or even. He despised himself slightly for hoping it panicked voices wondering where Harry Potter had gone. And I get that. 
because he like he doesn't want that that like Notorious. attention yeah. and that kind of like um but fame that, this is but in no, in that moment <laughs> right and it's also one of those things too where like you're so used to something happening that you're like well i mean now would be the time or <laughs> right. like oh nobody's wondering about me but not in the point of like not because i'm conceited but because like maybe at this time it would come in handy um and i know like in that kind of moment that's like a conflicting thought to have because you're like i don't want that but also like i kind of need it right now like, that would be nice <laughs> be really nice i don't want to make um, a habit out of it but but like this just I, this one time <laughs> just give me this one time give me it this once yeah <laughs> so the train lurched causing harry to roll over to his side the express was leaving and nobody knew he was still on it then he felt his invisibility cloak fly off him and a voice overhead said watch her harry there was a flash of red light and harry's body unfroze up um he raised his head to look up at Tonks, who was holding his, invi- in- his invisibility cloak. Um, we better get out of here quickly. Come on, we'll jump. So they jump off the train before it speeds up and leaves. So just in time. Also, you can just, like, tell that Tonks is young. She's like, we'll jump. Like, instead of, like, <laughs> let me go tell the conductor or whoever's driving the train. To exactly. She's like, no. still. Mad I would have like, been no, like. we'll just dip. Also, <laughs> like, what does the, um... I'm trying to figure out, like, what the Hogwarts Express does when it's not... Like, why did it have to leave so quickly? Like, it's not going back to get nobody. Good story. It could just sit there until the end of the the term. That's what I'm saying. So it seems weird for it to go back to London and then have to come back to Hogwarts for the end of term to then go back to London. You know what, though? Maybe it does perform as, like, the Hogsmeade Express as well. True. True. Like, at other... Time. Yeah, for other times. Because it yeah. does seem that makes sense. a waste. Seems a downright shame. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. Or maybe it goes to like other well no, because it is specifically the Hogwarts Express. So yeah, to Hogsmeade would make sense. Yeah. Um so uh okay, so Tonks was looking at him. He felt angry and embarrassed that he had been discovered in such a ridiculous position, but he but should have thought of that discovered. beforehand. Like, so you really should one. be feeling grateful, to be right. honest. Pick one. Mm-hmm. Um, who did it? Asked Tonks. Draco Malfoy said Harry. Thanks for, well, no problem, said Tonks without smiling. From what Harry could see in the darkness, she was as mousy-haired and miserable-looking as she had been when he had met her at the burrow. And then she offers to fix his nose, which Harry doesn't really want because he's like i'll just go see madame pomfrey she knows what she's doing but then because it would seem rude he let her do it um and she uses episky um harry's nose felt very hot and then very cold he raised a hand and felt it gingerly it seemed to be mended so i would like that spell i wonder if it works on ankles (laughs) and wrists I don't appreciate the laughter. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just so often. Hmm. It just happens so often. Well, then. Uh, Tonks tells Harry to put the cloak back on, um, which he does. He wa- she waves her wand and an immense silvery four-legged creature erupts from it and streaks off into the darkness. So it's a Patronus um, and it's a wolf. Like it doesn't, they don't say it's a wolf, but it's a wolf. But it's a wolf. 
Why is also, this goddamn ice cream truck? Do Sorry. Patronite change form? Yeah, so Patronuses can change form. Okay. Like that's so we see so we see later um when Snape shows up that he mentions it. Um I believe the ones that we know, I believe Snape's Patronus has changed. Um and I believe that who else? I feel like my Patronus I know Snape's Snape's Patronus change. definitely changed. Sorry. I said Snape's definitely changed. Yeah, I just feel like my Patronus wouldn't change when I fell in love. It would change to like whoever fate it would be my dad. <laughs> like it's supposed to be your like safety, right? Your protector. It'd be like my dad yeah. or my mom. Yeah. Like sorry. I mean, well, Remus knows his shit. And Lily well, was a so, badass witch, so yeah. maybe, but like Lily. Well, I think that like ass. part of it I think part of it is that like part of the problem is probably that we don't see like well, one, we only see two instances where where Patronus changes, um, but we only and we also only hear from it. So like we never see what Tonks' original Patronus is, and we never see um what Snape's original Patronus is. Maybe it's because it's but, like unrequited or unfulfilled or some I don't know the word I'm potentially, trying to think of but that but no, but, but from what okay, sorry. Pause. Now I gotta look it up. Cause I know I wanna use like her own words. Yeah. Um, Patronus. Well, under Patronus, because Patroni is made up. Yes. Sorry, I'm just letting the listeners know where you're going. (laughs) In my own vocabulary. I'm just saying we made up Patroni. I'm pretty sure, like canon-wise, Patronuses is is the uh, is dumb. Is but it's also I didn't want this. I didn't want the BuzzFeed article. I wanted the writing by J.K. Rowling. What's wrong with y'all? Nobody asked for that. Um, sorry. Pottermore wants to be BuzzFeed so bad. Okay, so. Um, so Patronus is the most famous, um, famously difficult defensive charm. It's a guardian or protector that takes the form of an animal. Pure, protective, magical concentration of happiness and hope. Majority of witches and wizards are unable to produce Patronuses. And to do so is generally considered a mark of superior magical ability, but maybe it's just because it's not taught in Defense Against the Dark Arts class because yeah. all the DA can do it, and it seems like they were just taught to do it. Um, I was just thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's literally just that they don't teach that shit. Just teach it to your kids. They can, they right. can do it. Like, come on, fam. Um, so... Everyone that learned the Patronus... It's an ancient level. charm... It's not unknown among dark wizards. Okay. Okay, I don't need all that. Oh, wait. So, it represents... um, So, according to Professor Catalyst Spangle, an 18th century researcher of charms... um, Patronuses represent which that which is hidden, unknown, but necessary within the personality. Um, and he says, for it is evident that human confronted of with sorry that a human confronted with inhuman evil, such as the Dementor, must draw upon resources he or she may never have needed. And the Patronus is the awakened secret self that lies dormant until needed, um, but which must now be brought to light. And then he says, it is my firm belief that such a Patronus is an indicator of obsession or eccentricity. Oh, this is for unusual. What? 
Sorry, I'm skimming, so I'm like missing some stuff. I was like, obsession makes sense for Snape, but maybe not for Fox. Yeah. No, no, no. Sorry. So that's for that's for eccentric wizards. Okay. It like shows that out. Um Whatever form of a Patronus, you would be well advised to show respect or okay, yeah, whatever. That's not what I'm looking for. Um a f- the form, sorry, the form of a Patronus may change during the course of a witch or wizard's life. Instances have been known to form, um, have been known of the form of the Patronus transforming due to bereavement, falling in love, or profound shifts in a person's nature, or a person's character. Thus, Nymphador Tonks' Patronus changes from a jackrabbit, oh, that's kind of cool, uh, to a wolf, not a werewolf, when she falls in love with Remus Lupin. Some witches and wizards may be unable to produce a Patronus at all until they have undergone some kind of psychic shock. Um, so... I don't like that it changes because you fall in love. I don't like that either. Because, like, Remus's Patronus doesn't change into a jackrabbit. No. And also, like, it's not clear in terms of Lily's Patronus whether it changed into a doe because of James or if because it or if it was always a doe no. because they were meant to be together. Um, but it just feels very much like it's, uh, like, pre- like, Remus doesn't have to change anything. It's just her. Yeah. And that seems gross. And then, like with Snape, her his becomes a doe, but that it's makes because, because he's it's in love obsessive. with right, and it's because he's like, and it's particularly it has really nothing. Like it has to do with Lily, but it doesn't really have anything to do with her. It's not like a, it's already a one sided thing that it would make sense that like a one sided change would occur. Um, also, it says like profound grief, right? So like right, that so like also we don't know when it changed into a doe, but I'm assuming after. Either after she married yeah. James or after right. she died. <laughs> because I don't think that Snape ever uses a Patronus until... Only... Because, like, and as, a, as an Order member, right? Order members yeah. use their Patronuses all the time. Snape never uses his because when he shows it to uh, Dumbledore at that point, it's like, yeah. he Dumbledore is, is shocked by it. Um, so I'm sure, yeah. So I feel like it would probably be bereavement. And also because Snape probably wouldn't have been using Patronuses before Lily died anyway because he's he a Death a Eater and they don't really do all that. Um, they don't fuck with that. Um, but then, yeah, so it says bereavement, which I guess is, like, kind of pointing to when Hermione was thinking that Tonks was, like, her issue was that she was sad about Remus, I mean, sorry, about Sirius's death. Um, and then, like, or profound shifts in a per. I feel like profound shifts in a person's character, like, sure. That makes sense to me, but I think that, like... I also I, wonder I if, um, now I'm wondering, and we've gotten so far off topic, classic wizard team. Um, but I'm wondering if, like, uh, Wormtail could do a Patronus, and then after he became an ancient person, he could no longer. But I don't think so, because it's supposed to be really difficult, right? So Yeah. They probably weren't even doing Patroni until they became members of the Order. The first yeah. Order. Patronus. Anyway, Patronus. Um, really quickly, in the, in the chat... Um, Portia said that when her fiance and her took the Patronus quiz separately, they both got the same Patronus, which is the most adorable thing I've ever heard, ever. They're and so cute! It's it's very cute. <laughs> oh my it. god! Also, like, I don't want y'all to, I don't want y'all to think that we're like against love and having matching Patronuses because shit, if I could find somebody with a matching Patronus, like okay, we go together right. now. But it's more about Tonks's changing like, nature changing because of some shit with Remus that we also see off screen. So like how, but how important is it? Um, but yeah, what Portia just said is the most adorable thing I've ever heard. So there's that. 
Find you a man whose Patronus matches yours. Or that you can even make take the Patronus test. Right, just take it. Find you a man that will take the Patronus test with you. What is that? Bullshit is what that is. This is why I'm going to die alone. Because oh, you can't find a man to take the Patronus test. Only two of them exist. <laughs> Portia got Portia one. Portia got one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. See, Kashana said she failed. So, yep, you're right. Mm-hmm. Two of them. <laughs> I'm oh telling you, that's not, no- like, that's not normal. Hashtag goals. So, Tonk says that she's sending word to the castle that she's got him. And says that she noticed that, that he hadn't left the train and knew that he had the cloak. Um, and thought that he might be hiding for some reason. When he saw the blinds were drawn on that compartment, she thought she'd check because she's an R and she's a motherfucking professional. I just... That's all. I've been... I've been binging RuPaul's Drag Race and I just want you to know that that was some Chad Michaels. I'm a fucking professional. Oh, I... Okay. But, but no, I just loved... I loved... I loved it. I loved it. Um, Punks is definitely one of... The characters that I feel an affinity towards, but can't say that like they're my favorite or anything because we know nothing about her outside of her relationship with Remus, which really bothers me. Mm-hmm. Um, but we get these little moments um, where I'm like, God, she must have been a badass. Well, we know when she was a uh, in in um, in Hogwarts, she was a prankster and she knew a lot about Filch. Oh yeah. According to the Hogwarts mystery game. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. There's a great um, comic, like Tumblr comic of Tonks um, pretending to be Snape in potions class, like metamorphizing into Snape um, and like making the oh, yeah. laugh and then she gets detention. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. I forgot about that one. Harry asked Tonks why he's there. Um, and then. Why she's there, you mean? Or sorry, yeah, why she's there. And she says that she's stationed in Hogsmeade now to give the school extra protection, um, along with Proudfoot, Savage, and Dollish, um, other R's. Isn't Dollish a Death Eater? No. Dollish is just a ministry tool. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's why Harry asked after that Dollish, that R or Dumbledore attacked last year. That's right, said Tonks. <laughs> Which I'm like, I know Dementors aren't even a, a I don't. I know they aren't an option anymore. Uh, but it's bad. Ours are better than Dementors. They should have just done that the first time with Mass Murderer, Sirius Black. Right. And then Harry wouldn't have to deal with them whole year and wouldn't have had to be attacked by them two times. Two times. I also, like, believe that Dollish, this is a headcanon that is forming as I'm speaking, so hold on for the <laughs> ride, guys. Put on your seatbelts. Um, I believe that Dollish asked to be uh, stationed there because he, he's like, Dumbledore got one more try. He's going to say one more thing and I'm going to get him because he's like upset that he got got. And he wants his like revenge, but also he know he ain't going to get him. He's and so all the other Aurors are like, Aurors are like, mm-hmm, yeah, Dollish, you tell him. Yep. Yeah. And then Dumbledore walks into Madame Rosamortez and he's like, Hello, Dollish. And Dollish is like, hi. And then the R's are like, yeah. 
uh, Amani said, Dollar still has a job? How? And it's because he was, like, he, Portia says that it's because he's a white man in a, in a white supremacist world, which is true, but also, like, he was acting on the orders of Fudge. Right. So, like, it's not really his fault that, like, that happened. Like, he was following the orders of Fudge, which was dumb. Like, don't follow Fudge, but, like, he was doing his job. Yeah, but I feel like, um, and I'm sure that like him and Scrimger know each other because Scrimger was the head of the R's office and he was also following Fudge at that point in time. So like he can't get rid of everybody who was following Fudge because that would have been everybody in the ministry except for like Arthur Weasley, Tonks, and Kingsley. And that's only three people. You can't really do nothing with three people. Can't I mean, even do nothing with however many people are in the office right now. I'm just so. I mean, we could try though. To shut the whole ministry down. It's so Let's trash. Just do that. But I feel Let's like just do that. It's worth a try. <laughs> I don't know why we're giving up before we've even given it a shot, Diana. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, um, and then Amani says it's not Dollish following his orders. It's his repeated repeated incompetency at following them and the brain damage. Yeah. Yeah. Then he said, didn't he get disarmed and stunned four times in the last book? No, he stunned. Hagrid. He might have got knocked out by uh, Hagrid. Hagrid. But if he didn't, he definitely stunned McGonagall in the chest, in which case, lock him up. Um, but I feel like he got knocked out before that happened. But I can't remember. And then I think Ooh. he has some ish- Something happens maybe in Deathly Hollows. But his yeah, he's brain, definitely incompetent. His brain is definitely addled if he was part of the folk that stunned McGonagall and then he let himself be stationed at Hogsmeade. Like, he is just yeah so brave he's i don't stupid. think he yeah I don't, I don't think he i don't think he's done i we'd have, I have to go back i don't think he's done mcgonagall because i feel like he was out by then all right i think haggard already got him i think haggard had got him or but it actually may have been after i can't remember no because he says haggard be reasonable and haggard's like nah motherfucker be reasonable and then mcgonagall comes out and then they stun him and then haggard goes ham so now yeah. i'm pretty sure he's done mcgonagall listen he's gotta go Timeline is everything, man. Um, so I just <laughs> need to talk about the fact that Kashana said Dumbledore st- stunned him and Hagrid knocked him out, and then maybe a minimary modification. So like, he is permanently brain-addled. He's like, yeah, there is something off, off. But that's on him. That can be said about a lot of people in this thing because they stun and memory modify all willy-nilly. Just recklessly. <laughs> they do not care about the uh, side effects. I'm still mad that they going around stunning the muggle prime minister and or the the American president or whoever. I assumed it was American because oh, whatever. Yeah. But you can't just be going around modifying and, memories of world and leaders and homeboy who worked at the who owned the little like spot when they were doing oh the, he is the permanently Cup. messed up <laughs> they were just doing the most with him yeah, yeah. you can't just be and this is Every what we talked about this so. is how like this is how Voldemort happens because y'all just be not giving a care mm-hmm. treating people like shite Shit. yep um okay so uh, last year, Tonks had been inquisitive to the point of being a little annoying. She had laughed easily. She had made jokes. Now she seemed older and much more serious and purposeful. So, like, her... I don't know, just... Uh, I don't know. I don't like this unrequited love. 
Like I, but it also. And I don't like the unrequited love. I think that that's fine. I don't like the um, the changing of who she is as a person. Yeah, because I feel like you know people can be sadder and they can like have you know maybe she's like quicker to be upset or snap or something like that. But like her changing her whole thing, uh, and like again, I love Remus, but I'm just like, I just I don't know. And maybe someone who has been like in love with someone and then they were rejected can let me know because. <laughs> That could be a part of the reason why I'm not understanding. I I feel like, I mean, I haven't been rejected, just that JC hasn't had the opportunity to say yes yet. Oh, I just okay. feel like right. even still, yeah. there is a level of, like, who Tonks is characterized as being. It doesn't make sense. It's like that Bella from, this is like the Twilight part, right? Where it's like, <laughs> I'm going to be reckless as fuck just so I can see his face or whatever. And it's like, I mean, that makes sense for her, I guess. But (laughs) she was never that easily swayed. Like the type of person that becomes an aura that young and is like, laughs so easily and inquisitive to the point of being annoying, like doesn't, like they can have their heart broken, but it doesn't. I don't know. It just feels too much to the point where I'm like, if that is how you react and you were never really in love with them, something else is going on. Like emotional abuse or something. Yeah. Because heartbreak doesn't break your spirit like that. I think. But again. I don't know. Like, I think it, it like, break it, my spirit like that. Right. So like Delia says, love makes you do some dumb shit, which yes. Um, says that she thinks true love strengthens the best parts of you. The other person should shine a light on the good in you, which I think is true and I think that like obviously Remus is going through some shit right now so like he can't like she basically what happened is that Tonks shot her shot and Remus was like nah it's really not the time it's not a good time I probably am not good for you and whatever and like I'm old everybody I love dies right like Remus is obviously going through his own (laughs) shit like so he's dealing with this but then like and and I get like you can again like you can be upset about that like I'm not even saying that Tonk shouldn't be upset it's just like how is her whole demeanor and they like barely like I know it's I know it's tough I just maybe well, because really you know tells, what I think it is she tells what Molly. I think it is yeah but what I think it is really is that it wasn't developed yeah because I think if we had seen Tonks and Remus interact and if I had understood that like they really like loved each other. Or at least, like, we're interested in each other. And, like, obviously right now, they're, Joe's keeping it a secret that, like, it's, that Tonks' issue is with Remus. They're not, she's not making it clear or whatever. Um, But if we had at least, like, had some kind of, like, context for it beforehand, even if there was, like, a bait and switch, I would, I think I could, like, get with it more. I'd be like, oh, okay, I understand. But because, like, this is the first time I'm ever hearing, actually, still have not heard, because this, if, if this wasn't spoiler re like, and that's what if they're we, saying. If like, we haven't the, heard about it, like it just doesn't make sense. And that's what they're saying in the chat now too. Is like, uh, Kashana says no, like love, heartbreak can heartbreak is rough, and she could believe that she changes like that. But they don't know each other like that. They just met. Like they just met. The Orange Phoenix so was just time. formed. And so the other part though is that like I feel, and you have the still trap of a mind. So let me know if this is my delusion or if this is actually on the page. But I feel like she is talking to Molly and she's like, none of that matters to me, right? So like, she understands his reasons and thinks that they're not valid. Well, not that they're not valid. Not that they're not valid, but that they can overcome it, right? Yeah. And I just feel like 
this kind of reaction is if someone like dumps you and you never hear from them again and they ghost you and you thought you were in love and like just rips your whole world like turns your world upside down but like Remus is obviously very like much explained now she's going back to Pottermore (laughs) sorry this is gonna be a long chapter y'all but this is why it's a close read so con Connie says it's been a year of flirting and dates and stuff, and then he rejects her. They didn't. Why just do you meet. keep doing this to me, Pottermore? Um, I want freaking J.K. Rowling. I don't want your little recap. You have to write J.K. Rowling. No, I found you know? it. Um. So Delia says the way that she start read the way that she reads it is that Remus for Remus it was a bit of a grief rebound, and that's why he regrets letting it get this far, and then pushes her away. Um, and that he falls in love, but that um, it doesn't sound like it was like a really close or deep relationship. I personally don't know if I agree with that. I think that they're both, they both love each other and there are feelings there. I just personally, I, I believe that when Remus, I don't think that Remus rejects her. I think Remus says like, this is a bad idea and here is all of the reasons why. And so, yeah, he rejects her, but I mean, I don't think that he like is unreasonable about it. And yeah, and so just doesn't agree with the fact. And so like, they're saying Remus is trying to be a martyr about it. Like Toxus doesn't agree that he needs to be a martyr. He, right. She doesn't agree that it's dangerous or it's a bad idea, which right. to me means that she would be more angry and annoyed with him. And heartbroken, but, like, she wouldn't turn into this, like, quiet, mousy person. person. Okay, so, from Pottermore, um, in the Remus Lupin thingy, um, which we've read before on the podcast, and it is really sad. So, yeah. Um, So, Remus, so often melancholy and lonely, was first amused, then impressed, then seriously smitten by the young witch, um, Tonks. He had never fallen in love before, which I beg to differ. If it had <laughs> happened in peacetime, um, Remus would have simply taken himself off to a new place and a new job so that he did not have to endure the pain of watching Tox fall in love with a handsome young wizard in the R office, which was what he expected to happen. However, this was war. They were both needed in the order and nobody knew uh, what the next day would bring. Remus felt justified in remaining exactly where he was, keeping his feelings to himself, but secretly rejoicing every time someone paired him with Tonks on an overnight mission. It never occurred to him that Tonks could return his feelings because he had come, become so used to considering himself unclean and unworthy. Um, one night when they were hiding outside a known Death Eater's house after a year of increasingly warm friendship, um, Tonks made an idle remark about one of their fellow Order members. Um, I... Hmm. So it's he's still handsome, isn't he? Even after Azkaban, which I would have to be serious, which right. is kind of weird. <laughs> Ew. And then before he, and it's also weird that they won't just say who it is because it's very clearly serious. So it says Tonks made an idle remark about one of their fellow order members before he could stop himself. Remus had replied bitterly, bitterly that he supposed he had fallen for his old friend, saying he always got the women, which is also like it's just gross, but also like it's Ew. very clearly serious. And they like won't say it. I don't understand that because I think she wrote it, and then they were like, "But wait, aren't Toxin serious cousins? They're literally cousins, but like like, no one else in the order." And like, and then she's like, "Well, not first cousins. They're first cousins, and then like removed. So they're like still too close. 
But they're too close. That's basically his his niece. Like if we want to yeah. talk about it, like in black yeah. family terms, it, yeah, <laughs> and not not black, serious black, like black African. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm just like, I think that she wrote it because I do think I still think because of the way in which the pure blood thing works, it is not weird for people to marry like first and second cousins i think that that's still a thing back from like medieval times when you wanted to keep the bloodlines pure and that's mm-hmm. why you got someone like draco who was off and crab and malfoy or crab and goyle who were mm-hmm. because all that non-mixing of dna makes strange bedfellows i think that's her thing but then she's also writing a children's book so they're like girl yeah <laughs> yeah Okay, so after Rima said that, Tonks became angry, saying, you know perfectly well who, I fought, who I've fallen for if you weren't too busy fearing, feeling sorry for yourself to notice. Which I think tracks with, like, her, like, Order of the Phoenix personality and her end of Half-Blood Prince personality, like, when she's responding, yeah. like, when she's talking to Rima. She's just, like, impatient and is like, dude, can you stop and just, like, let me love you, please? <laughs> Um, Maybe and so, you should let me love you. Okay, hold up. Can we, can I, can I? So Remus's immediate response was happiness he had never experienced in his life, but it was extinguished almost at once by a sense of crushing duty. He'd always known he could not marry and run the risk of passing on his painful, shameful condition, which also like, I mean, I guess I get it, but like, you don't, like, because Teddy does not become a werewolf. So like, that should be something that you know at a certain point, or like somebody should have done but research on. But it could on. be like... But with, with one of those diseases, it's one of those things where it's a uh, it's a possibility. Maybe it is, yeah. So that's what he said. It saying. was never. Like, I, I guess maybe I they didn't like make it's that not too a certainty. clear. Yeah, but it's a possibility. And I feel like they didn't really make that totally clear because it seemed like at least in the way that they did it, where it's like Teddy has no, it was like fine. Um, it made it seem like oh well, then Remus was worrying for nothing as opposed to being like he's fine, which we weren't sure about because X Y Z. But that yeah. is has nothing to do with what we're talking about right now. Um, he therefore pretended not to understand talks, which did not fool her at all. Um, she was sure that he loved her, but that he was refusing to admit it out of mistaken nobility. Um, and then after he avoided any further, ex- in, mm, further excursions with her, barely talked to her and started volunteering for the most dangerous missions. Um, and so Tonks became desperately unhappy, convinced not only that the man she loved would never willingly spend time with her again, but also that he might walk to his death rather than admit his feelings. Um, which I get, but I, again, I think for me, I think it would make more sense for her to be angrier. But also they and don't for her to say like, in the book that he's going on these dangerous missions. No. That makes more sense. Like mm-hmm. the dread of he Right, because again, doing... this is, this is on Pottermore. It's not right. in the actual <laughs> book. We don't really hear anything about Remus until Christmas. Yeah. And then we just hear he's been on missions with werewolves, but like, that's all we know. We don't know really what he's doing. And so if we had learned that and, like, put that together, but this is something that came out, like, a couple years ago, like, right. way after the fact. And I just feel so. like that would change, because, you know, it says that, like, going back to reading of the Patronus Pottermore article, like, grief and stuff, and, like, that high stress, that, I buy that. Yeah. Changing her personality to be more mousy and so down and not, you know... That makes more sense. That I understand. It's not in the text, though. Right. And so every time I read it, it annoys me because it's not in 
line with what we re- like I'd have to go back and remember that thing that she wrote on Pottermore 12 years ago or well, 12 years not after even the that fact or after the fact though right, right? so like you're reading Dumbledore it for the first like, you're reading it for the first 20 times and you're like why the fuck is Tonks act- acting like this like can she do something and like I understand like their personality changing somewhat and like you being sad but I think that like again we don't see any of their relationship um and it's the lack of agency. Like, developed it's the, like, on it's, screen. It's, it's, it's the, it's not just the being sad. It's the, like, wallowing in sadness when Tonk seems like the person that would proactively do something about it. Like, she's the goddamn horror. And it also feels like her whole, like, even just from that little blurb that I read from Pottermore, like, she is the active person in that like yeah. relationship, but and just generally like the way that you like she's a Hufflepuff, but she's like a strong Gryffindor secondary. Like yeah. you can like, and so, and it's not to say that like again, it's not to say that her feelings would change. It's just to say that like the way that those feelings manifest in her and the way that she acts doesn't seem to line up right. with like her characterization. Um, and so yeah, I don't, I don't know. So I guess we just have to always remember while she's acting this way that in the meantime, we have to have that narrator, that like Arrested Development narrator going, meanwhile, right. Remus is off gallivanting with Finger Grayback. Right. Like, <laughs> and she's worried senseless. Like, right. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was and a so, long two pages. Yeah. And so well, real quick, Delia says, um, why put it in the books when you can retcon it later? Um, this is that she thinks that Joe underestimates how devoted the fandom has been all this time. Um, she does not know that's her an understatement. Don't get me started um, on She comes that. and retcons this stuff when we've been reading these things and been asking these questions dozens of times for years. Um, you can't come back now and be like, oh, but Remus was risking his life while the trio was at Hogwarts, so the stakes were so high. And it's like, exactly, because we don't see that. And I think even in Order of the Phoenix, the number of times we see Remus and Tonks in the same room, we could at least see them cutting eyes at each other. It was real right. easy. I mean, like Harry one of them, and Jenny. like as perceptive as Hermione is, like her Harry is not going to know, right? But as perceptive right. as Hermione is, Hermione's going to be like at one point, like, "What y'all, y'all see Remus and Tonks over here? You see all this? You don't? You don't no? see all this? Okay, itching? that's just me. Okay, it's fine. It's cool. Right? <laughs> and Jenny's just like, "Girl, mm, mm, I know. I like, okay, like something, <laughs> but we don't get any of that. So, okay, let's move on because that did take a while. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> okay so they got to or so harry had never before appreciated how far hogwarts was from hogsmeade station um because he all had always traveled there by carriage um but they get to or boat, or boat true so they get to the gates and he found them chained shut aloha mora he said confidently because he's an idiot <laughs> i'm just like because the castle protected against death eaters would just need a simple Alohomora to open. That won't work on me, said Tonks. Dumbledore bewitched them himself. I could climb a wall, he suggested. No, you couldn't, said Tonks. Anti-intruder jinxes on all of them. Security's been tightened a hundredfold this summer. Well then, said Harry, starting to feel annoyed at her lack of helpfulness. I suppose I'll just have to sleep out here and wait for morning. Like, didn't she? Didn't you just she see just... her send the, the message to let people know that you were here? No? Okay. I, I suppose it's been a second. But also, he, just, like, like, isn't she just much better at this than you are? Just shut up. Yeah. Just shut up. Like, why? Also, um, Portia, sorry, I'm gonna do this real quick. Portia makes up 
makes a very good point about Alohomora, which I've been saying since the beginning, which is what is the actual point of it? Like, if I know that Alohomora exists, why would I not, like, enact something to make Alohomora not work? True. It would only, I you could only Alohomora, like, bedroom doors or some shit. But I also believe, um, yeah, because she said it's basically an anti-muggle pre-11-year-old spell. I also believe that black families have a no Alohomora on your bedroom policy, especially when you have your little friends here. Don't close right. that dough. They bring Dumbledore in himself <laughs> to perform the spell. <laughs> My baby That's what Dumbledore, You think Dumbledore's out here hunting Horcruxes and trying to learn more about Voldemort? Nah. Nah. These ass witches wife. ain't gonna be trapping my blades. Oh my god. My baby ain't gonna get <laughs> Nicola is like, look. I cannot. Unless she got a bank account, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> okay. Um, someone's coming down for you, said Tonks. Look. Um, and then... Harry was so pleased to see the lantern bobbing um, at the distant foot of the castle that he felt he could even endure Filch's wheezy criticisms of his tardiness and rants about how his timekeeping would improve with the regular application of thumbscrews. Um, but then when he pulls off the invisibility cloak, he realizes that it's Snape, which is gross, but we have to do this. His name is in the chapter. Well, 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 <sighs> sneered Snape. Nice of you to turn up, Potter, although you have evidently decided that the wearing of school robes would detract from your appa- from your appearance. I couldn't evidently. change, I didn't have my, um, Harry began, but Snape interrupted him. There is no need to wait, Nymphadora. Potter is quite, uh, safe in my hands. I just want to know where. Where is he safe? I, doesn't seem correct. Nah. Um, I meant Hagrid to get to, to get the message, uh, said Tonks. Hagrid was late for the start of term feast, just like Potter here, so I took it instead. And incidentally, said Snape, I was interested to see your new Patronus. Um, He shut the gates in her face and said, I think you were better off with the old one. The new one looks weak. I'm just like, bitch, if you don't- That ain't none your business! It's literally none of your business. He's just saying that shit because he's mad about that time when he actually had a teeth. Like, this is a former student. Right. But he is just, like, such a petty- miserable excuse for a man that every time I read chapters like this or like passages like this, the Snape lovers, I just because he doesn't have a reason, right? Like I get like he has as awful and as like there's no real excuse for the way that he treats Harry. But there is a reason for it. Right. And Harry be doing and some like, crazy wild in Snape's, shit. In Snape's like twisted brain, I could see how that makes sense. Right. But just random people on the street who aren't giving you a paycheck? I just feel like, come on. Politeness is important. And it's not that hard to not say you could, literally, you could say nothing. It's not mm-hmm. that hard mm-hmm. to just have a petty side eye. And keep That's it all you really need in your life, you know? Like, spend some time with some black aunties. Learn how to suck your teeth and keep it pushing. <laughs> Just roll your eye. Roll an eye. Right? Like, that's all you gotta do. Like, what are you... Why? I have um, no reason to be a this family nasty. member like this who is unnecessarily nasty for no reason. And it has always bothered me. Like, always. Because I'm like, the amount of effort that goes into being nasty for no reason. Right. 
You could just not. You could just not. And to also know that at some point you were going to be old and need someone to help you. And I can't wait for your old arthritic riddled hands trying to change your own adult diaper because bitch Yikes. I'm not coming. Oh my. You know what I mean? <laughs> Nape, I personally do not but. Nape got away <laughs> with that. He, he evaded that by getting got by Voldemort but I would I would like that fanfic. Old decrepit Snape alone peeing on himself and having to use Scourgeify just to <laughs> Make it through the day. Oh my. Because there's no one to take care of him. Um uh, good night, Harry called to Tonks. Thanks for everything. See you, Harry. Snape did not speak for a minute or so. Harry felt as though his body was generating waves of hatred so powerful it seemed incredible that Snape could not feel them burning him. Um Snape so Harry is still so like while this is like from now on, like fuck Snape. Like from now on and before henceforth forthwith um and and forevermore in the future yes hitherto yes um harry's still blaming him for sirius's death which just does not make sense to me still <laughs> like it really like so he's like uh, snape had placed himself forever and irrevocably beyond the possibility of snape's forgiveness which is a lie as we see in 19 <laughs> 20 years in 20 years um by his attitude towards Sirius, whatever Dumbledore had said, Harry had had a lot of time to think over it this summer and had concluded that Snape's snide remarks to Sirius about remaining safely hidden while the rest of the Order were off fighting Voldemort had probably been a powerful factor in Sirius rushing off to the Ministry the night that he or, died. Or, like, or maybe you. it's his goddamn godson rushing off to the Ministry in the middle of the night. Hmm. 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 I wonder which one was a more powerful motivator. Dumb motherfucker. Like, I can't. what? I can't like, what, even. sir? Like, I just, like, of all the things to blame, to be angry at Snape about, like, this is, like, he's pulling at, he's grasping at straight. It's just, like, it's, like, it's, like, Umbridge when he, when she was, uh, trying to get Trelawney and Hagrid got, where it's, like, the, the evidence is right here. Why are you right. digging so deep? Like, it's, it's on the surface. Like, what are you doing, fam? <laughs> like, I just, it's, I don't know. It understand. reminds me, so, I have this, like, argument with Ami sometimes, because, you know when you're crossing the street, like, I want her on the opposite side of me, or when we're on the sidewalk, yeah. I'm like, get on the inside. And so one mm-hmm. day she asked me, and I was like, well, if a car comes, like, or goes out of control, I want to be in between you and the car, because I'm bigger, and I'll save you. And she'll like, and we'll both be okay? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you say so. <laughs> but like it is what it is, right? Like it's not like I'm will I'm willing a car to, you know, come, but like let's do the math. Right. Aminata is gonna make something of herself and I'm <laughs> I mean that's not why I I mean I do it because like yeah, no, she's definitely asked me that before and I never got that far. I was just like because it's safer. <laughs> Just like, you're smarter than me. I'm always like, let me just bare my whole soul. I also told her that <laughs> um, Luna was going to die, and that was dumb. I remember that one. when She said Luna's going to be around forever, and you were like, well, not forever. <laughs> I was like, Robin. I <laughs> <laughs> like you shouldn't lie to kids. No, I got more in-depth this time. Oh, jeez. And it's like, 20, 20 years is good. She, she ages faster than you. We're, go- we're going for 20, 21 years. 
Huh? How old will I be? <laughs> It'll be a while. Don't worry. She's, she's gonna be like, she's gonna be 26, 27, like, wow, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. All right. So 50 points from Gryffindor for lateness, I think, said Snape. And let me ask, see. Oh, and let me see. Another 20 for your muggle attire, which just seems unreasonable. Like, come on. You know, I don't believe any house has ever been in negative figures this early in term. We haven't even started pudding. You might set, a, you might have set a record, Potter. So he's still the worst. Again, you don't really need reasons to hate him. You don't have to bring up ones that were really your fault. Right. I. He is so hateful, and I have to do a lot to temper my dislike of him and I don't do very well at it. Let's call a thing. Not, <laughs> I'm not good at hiding my disdain for Snape, but I, he is <laughs> just so hateful. I don't like him. It's like, it's impressive in some ways, but also like he should chill. It's exhausting too though. Yeah, like, come on, don't you have a hobby? Right. He, his hobby this is, is his hobby. Harry. This right. is his hobby. He saw, he saw the Tonks Pachonis and was like, well, well, well. <laughs> I have have this long walk from the Great Hall to the front door so let me think of all the snappy comebacks that I can give exactly how many points I'm going to take from I think 70 is pretty good but I'm going to split it up so he's not he ain't sure he's not ready for it keep him on his toes Um, I suppose (laughs) you wanted to make an entrance did you Snape continued and with no flying car available you decided that bursting into the Great Hall halfway through the feast ought to create a dramatic effect um, when you suppose you make an ass out of you, I know that's not right, yeah. but that's what. It, yes, yeah. Um, Harry knew that Snape had come to fetch him for this for the few moments where he could needle and torment Harry without anyone listening, even though he's a goddamn adult. Is um, he though? Harry, is he? He is, but he doesn't act like one. So then they get to the entrance hall. Harry wondered whether he could slip his invisibility cloak back on, thereby gaining a seat at the long Gryffindor table without being noticed. But then Snape says, no cloak. You can walk in so that everyone sees you, which is what I'm is which is what you wanted, I'm sure. Which makes which no sense. Which doesn't make any goddamn sense. It's like it makes no sense. And I think that like it's the same thing that Snape does all the time in regards to Harry, where like he sees Harry's actions, but still twists them in his mind to fit whatever his idea of him is. So like I mean, which is the you're, same you're talking thing about I Harry... bet you wanted to be seen, and yeah. then immediately you're like, Don't use your cloak so that you, you can, can be, be seen. seen. Like Because what? that's what you wanted to be seen. But clearly he doesn't because he wants to use his invisibility oh. cloak. So I'm not understanding what you're talking about. Um, but he does it all the time. But also, Even when he's like when, talking to teachers about him. Like you're just sitting there like, where is the logic? But also though, I just, as you were saying this, and this is not a defense of Snape, but it's a read of Harry Potter. Harry does the exact same goddamn thing. And even more so this year with Draco. Yeah. So, I mean... Not to say he comes by it honestly, but besides so. same coin or whatever. Um, so Harry walked so fast that he was passing the Hufflepuff table before people really started to stare. And by the time they were standing up to get a good look at him, he had spotted Ron and Hermione, sped along the benches toward them and forced his way between them. Um, uh, where have you, Blimey, what have you done to your face? Said Ron. What's why? What's wrong with it? You're covered in blood, said Hermione. Come here. Um, she raised her wand and said Turgio and siphoned off all the dry blood because she is a G. And then there's another. Turgio is what 
Snape will be doing to his old, or would have been doing to his old decrepit body had he lived. No one would come. Uh, accurate. Um, how's my nose looking? Said Harry. Normal. Why shouldn't it? Harry, what happened? We've been terrified. I'll tell you later, I'll tell you later he said, because he saw that Jenny, Neville, Dean, and Seamus were listening in, and even nearly headless Nick had come over, because all the Gryffindors are nosy. All of them. It's a trait. All of them. Yeah. It is. That's a Gryffindor <laughs> trait. We've learned now. We have to add that to the list. <laughs> um, Mind your business. <laughs> um, not now, Hermione said Harry. He had hoped very much that they would all assume he had been involved in something heroic, preferably involving a couple of Death Eaters and a Dementor. Of course, Malfoy would spread the story as far and wide as he could, but there was always a chance it wouldn't reach too many Gryffindor ears. Um, Harry reaches over to get some food, but then it vanished because he's late as hell, and that's what he gets for sneaking after Malfoy when he should have just went back to his compartment and hung out with and his And minded his damn his business. His business. The um, MVP for this chapter is minding your damn business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to check in with the chat because we have some prime Snape hate. And I just feel like that needs to be preserved forever on the podcast. So um, they're talking about how the uh, Portia says, or sorry, Delia says that Harry gets so excited at Christmas. Am I supposed to believe he really leaves the gift unopened that long, which is about the mirror? Portia says that it's impressive how many people read this series numerous times and still believe Snape is everything. Um, Delia responds that so many casual Potter fans try and relate by talking to her how heroic Snape is, or they say with a wink, always, and she tries to be polite, but she just cannot even. Amani says a shudder just went up his spine. Um, <laughs> incorporate the stuff into their wedding, have the dark mark tattooed on their bodies. Um, oh no, sorry, because I said they have always tattooed on their bodies, and um, they were like, um, yeah, just so much side-eye for the people that have read this series and came away being like, you know who doesn't get enough love? The Nazis. So. Accurate. Okay. Um, uh, you missed the sorting, said Hermione. Um, and basically the hat just said that they needed to, uh, unite in the face of their enemies, same as last year. Um, and then, so Harry, basically he's just eating dessert for dinner, which I guess, like, fine, whatever. Um, so he sees Hagrid, who was a few minutes late. Um, and then he sees Draco miming the shattering of a nose with a terraculous laughter and applause by the Slytherins. Um, and then Hermione asks what Slughorn wanted, wanted sorry. Um, and Harry says to know what really happened to the ministry. Hermione says that people were interrogating them on the train. All, um, and Ron says all wanting to know if he really is the chosen one. So like everybody's got, they're just, they want to know. Is he going to save the world? But mostly in like I a wanna know. celebrity way. Sorry. Yes. Um, <laughs> There has been much talk on that very subject, even amongst the ghosts, said Nearly Headless Nick. I am considered something of a Potter authority. That's funny. So am I. We have something in common. Um, <laughs> I always tell people that I'm a Potter scholar. <laughs> uh, it is widely known that we are friendly. I have assured the spirit community that, we, that I will not pester you for information, however. 
Harry Potter knows that he can confide in me with complete confidence, I told them. I would rather die than betray his trust, which is really dramatic. And then here comes Ron. Ron. That's not saying much, seeing as you're already dead. Ron. (laughs) Sir. Once again, you show all the sensitivity of a blunt axe, said Nick. Um, And he left. (laughs) Ronald. Just. You should know at this point. It's been six years. Just keep it to yourself. Think it. it, Think it in your head. He literally cannot. Like, damn. Um, so then Dumbledore gets to his feet. Um, everyone sees his hand and are like, "What's going on here?" He's dying. He dead, y'all. They Um, killed my man's. Too soon. Too Uh, early. Um, now. So Dumbledore says, nothing to worry about. Now, to our new students, welcome. To our old students, welcome back. Another year full of magical education awaits you. Um, And then Harry and Hermione and Ron are talking about uh, his hand. Uh, Hermione says, or Harry said he thought he would have cured it by now, um, or Madame Pomfrey would have done. It looks as if it's died, said Hermione. But there are some injuries you can't cure, old curses, and there are poisons without antidotes. Um... So I think it's interesting, like, now we're kind of learning that there is there is some magic. I mean, we kind of knew beforehand, but, like, Harry is finding out that there's some magic that's not, like, undoable. Mm-hmm. Um, other than, like, Avada Kedavra, obviously. Um, but, like, some curses are, like, you cursed, and that's it. Um, that's that, that, that Feely curse. That's what it is. <laughs> and Mr. Filch, our, care- our caretaker, has asked me to say... That there is a blanket ban on any joke items bought at the shop called Weasley's Wizard Weasleys, which is hilarious because he's instead of saying there is a ban <laughs> on Mr. the joke Filch. items, he said Mr. Filch wanted me to say this. <laughs> he didn't say it was actually a ban. He just said that Mr. Filch wanted him to tell it. <laughs> also, like that is that's not really, but kind of. It's like such a betrayal of like i don't know like free market or whatever or capitalism in general just to be like this store like every person in their demographic who would shop at this store is banned from buying their products right zonko's is loving it <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly except dumbledore would never actually ban no. these wizard weezes as we see he has a huge selection <laughs> in the future he's like he's, he's like he's they got fine. some good stuff he said, they're little trick wands. Lovely. They're great. I'm on mail order. <laughs> I got a re- I got a subscription box. They just send me the new stuff. Just got some fireworks. Plan to use those soon. You know? Mm-hmm. Check me out at the Great Lake. We'll have a party. Right. Like, <laughs> turn up. He's a barbecue. Like, National Candy Month is coming up. And you know how right. I celebrate. You know how you I know, get down. You know, gra- give me some fever fudges. Right. That's my new password <laughs> to get to my office. <laughs> His fever fudge. <laughs> oh man, I just had the best headcanon that um, of Holiday Dumbledore who has like. So I'm a community manager professionally, and I have this like crazy calendar of national holidays. So you know, like, let me tell you right now, today is <laughs> International Day of Innocent Children Victims of Aggression. It is National Cheese Day, National Cognac Day. Turn up. <laughs> tomorrow 
Or I guess so. No, like, so like you can drink is, cognac and eat cheese while yeah. protecting children from aggression. So actually, no. Today, Wizard Team Wednesday is. Oh, Wednesday. Um, I had to. That was Monday. <laughs> today <laughs> is National Yo-Yo Day. National Applesauce Cake Day. Because of course you need that. National <laughs> Drive-In Movie Day. Because those still exist. National <laughs> Gardening Exercise Day. Because that's a thing. And National Higher Education Day. And I bet so you... So basically what you do to honor these this day, today, Wizard Team Wednesday... You play with the yo-yo. To, you play with the yo-yo while you're li- while on your way from your higher education. <laughs> yes. And listen to Wizard Team... Until you get to the drive-in movie. Until you get to the drive-in movie where you and eat your applesauce cake, cake. And then go home and do some gardening exercises. <laughs> yes. And Dumbledore's Boom. office is, ce- is, is decorated to celebrate all of those holidays. <laughs> oh my goodness Ariana came okay. in and said Dumbledore they told me to tell you aka the famous catchphrase of every middle manager exactly <laughs> he's like I'm not me they That's told they me said. to tell y'all aren't you in charge I mean <laughs> That's what they said. That's what they said. And I'm just <laughs> repeating what they said. Mm-hmm. But um, also, if any of y'all got some of them fever flavor, fever fudges, I I, I would like one. <laughs> Share. Just, you know, pass, just pass my office. Throw it on a little griffin. It'll come up. It'll know. <laughs> um... Those wishing to play for their house Quidditch teams should give their names to their heads of houses as usual. We are also looking for the new Quidditch for a new Quidditch commentator who should Aww. do likewise. We'll miss you, Lee. You were the best. Ain't nobody gonna have your flavor. Pop, pop. Mm-hmm. Prosper in your job or whatever you're doing now. Um, we are pleased to welcome a new staff member this year. I'm sorry. I just realized that everyone that graduated last year is like me and the class of 2007, 2008. We graduated to the recession. They all just at home with their mama. (laughs) Ain't no jobs. Voldemort back. What are they doing? What are they doing? Unless they're Fred and George. Yeah. We could get a job with them. Yeah. They'll throw them a little something. I mean, Lee could, but yeah, you know the rest of them. Oliver would. Too. Uh, he's he's Percy's age. He's playing Quidditch, so he's fine. Yeah. Um, so we are pleased to welcome Professor Slughorn. Um, he is a former colleague of mine and has agreed to resume his old post of potions master. What? Bum, bum, bum. Potions Bit said tape. Ron and Hermione, but you said. Professor Snape, meanwhile, said Dumbledore, will be taking over the position of defense against the dark arts teacher. Bum, 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 bum! No, shouted Harry so loudly (laughs) that many heads turned in his direction. He did not care. He was staring up at the staff table, incensed. How could Snape be given the defense against the dark arts job after all this time? Hadn't it been widely known for years that Dumbledore did not trust him to do it? But Harry, you said Slughorn was going to be teaching Defense Against the Dark Arts, said Hermione. I thought he was, said Harry. Um, but he was unable to recall Dumbledore ever telling him what Slughorn would be when teaching. you assume. You know, you know. Delia says, among the terrible ideas that Dumbledore has ever had, this is up there. I mean, I don't, really I don't know think if so. that's true. 
Hiring. Because, I mean, by the end of this book, they make it seem like, oh, because he gave him Fiskus Dark Arts, that's why he like he killed him, and Dumbledore shouldn't have trusted him anyway. But, like, we find out after that that, like... Oh, he did his job. He's playing the long game, and he did what Dumbledore told him to do. I, he shouldn't be teaching, period. But right. I don't think him teaching Defense Against Dark Arts necessarily... It's not a, the egregious me. thing in Snape's teaching career. Yeah. The fact that Snape has a teaching career is the egregious it's thing. the thing. <laughs> exactly. In the first place. But him turn, making him Defense Against Dark Arts, like, it's not actually that bad of an... Like, if Snape was a competent teacher, it wouldn't be a bad idea because Snape knows a lot about Defense Against the Dark Arts and is, like... Com- like when, well, he like, knows a lot you, about you see the, the Dark class, Arts. Or the dark, but he also knows a lot about defense. Otherwise, he wouldn't be in. Sure. Or, and I think also to know about defense, you have to know about what you're defending against. Yeah. But I just think that like, like we'll see the class. What he's teaching them is on the is on their course. You know, what I mean, like that's what they need. To, we're supposed to be learning, and like it's learning. if. I mean, we're gonna see. There's no need to call me sir, professor, and I'm really excited about that. But I just think that like, he has a lesson plan. I think we've talked about this. He mm-hmm. has his lesson plan. He has his stuff. He just doesn't know how to teach that shit because he doesn't like kids. And so he should just leave and find a different position. <laughs> just find a different job. Could um, you imagine being like, I'm going to be a professional, I don't know, piano player. But I don't know how to play piano. Like, what? No. I hate pianos. I hate Not them. I don't know how. I, I know hate, how. I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how you choose a career. No, it's really not. It's that is like the thing though is that it makes sense because he has a good comeback for Voldemort when Voldemort comes back about how like why why was I going to leave a good position at Mm -hmm. Hogwarts like I was safe there you know Dumbledore vouched for me um why would I leave and dumb like the only thing is that like Dumbledore knows that Voldemort's not gone. Because otherwise, like, the, what, when did that happen? On Halloween? September 1st, yo ass would have got a pink slip. If Voldemort was dead, dead. Right. I'd have been like, all right, Trelawney, uh, Snape. Or Snape. Come on into my office now, y'all. Yeah. We gotta have a talk. (laughs) But, yeah. yeah. Um... But again, I like yeah. I just think the defense against dark arts part is a. Uh, it's it's the like oh it was Snape, but yeah. it wasn't really Snape. You know, it's the the bait and switch, which I keep I've said so many times in this goddamn episode. But whatever, that's what this book is. So it's what it is. You're gonna say that's it true. so many times this whole book. That's accurate. Um. So, well, there's one good thing," said Harry savagely. <laughs> Snape will be gone by the end of the year. What do you mean? <laughs> That job's jinxed. No one's lasted more than a year. Quirrell actually died doing it. Personally, you I'm going to keep my, my fingers crossed Sorry. for another death. Nigga, what? You also... <laughs> another death? Nigga, like, you calm down. Him. Calm down. <laughs> like, I get like, it. You may like, have passed out, worst, but you straight But, up, like, chill. You, you, you murked a dude when you were 11. Right, I know that, you don't well, really no, he didn't. It. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He passed out. Voldemort leaving in the movie. He did in the in the book. Voldemort leaving is what made, made him Quirrell die. die. But, yeah. Mm. Um. But like, but he, Harry did not like, help. I'm just like Harry Potter. Please. Hey, I mean, I see some out of like, pocket stuff. Please die. Also, um, I'm sorry because I have to do this. Um, 
you don't just have call to. me Constance Gibbs. Um, so he says he's keeping his fingers crossed for another death. There is another death. You don't Snape have to do it. <laughs> and Amani, your other brain. And there is another death. And Amani, your other brain. If in the chat talking about, well, Harry wanted another death, so really should have well, been more see, specific. And I hadn't even and I hadn't even read his comment yet. Y'all need to spend some so, time apart. So I like I we don't live in the same place. Like I don't ever see. We're always you're, so, always you're always chatting. <laughs> like, I don't, like time apart, except stop talking to each other is what I mean. <laughs> I I'm just saying. Oh, it didn't, it does do that. Of everything that I like, thought I would keep from my last job, Amani, not it. <laughs> what do you mean? What does that mean? <laughs> I'm so confused. Because he came over from Twib. <laughs> oh, <laughs> where he used to troll me. Oh, that's funny. Throughout the broadcast. And look now <laughs> how things have changed. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> that is hilarious. Okay. So. um, <laughs> He might just go back to teaching potions at the end of the year, said Ron. Even Ron is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> let's not, let's not. Like, Come on, Harry. I just got That's in trouble for far. talking about our nearly headless Nick being dead. Let's, right. Let's calm but, like, down. Let's calm down. He said maybe he'll just want to go back to potions because maybe Slughorn may not want to stay long term. Um, like Moody, who also did not want to do that. Um, and Moody didn't even teach. Moody he, did not that. not want to stay long term. Moody got outed. No, no, I think he only wanted to do it one year. Like actual Moody, not Barty Crouch Moody. Oh, I don't know why you were saying Moody and I was hearing Mooney. Oh, no, no, no. Moody. <laughs> yes. Not Mooney. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Snape, so, so Snape had finally achieved his heart's desire, which is just so, like... Dramatic. Dramatic, especially someone who, like, doesn't like children and teaching. Like, that can't be your heart's desire. <laughs> <laughs> like, sure, I gotta teach the subject, but to still people I don't like or don't care for and don't want to foster into, like... Humans human beings make better so. people what do Who's i really winning what do i like, care about making better people like the fuck? i fucking hate people <laughs> <laughs> um so now as everybody in this hall knows lord voldemort and his followers are once more at large and gaining its strength or gaining in strength um i cannot oh so harry glances at malfoy because this is the obsession book um Malfoy was not looking at Dumbledore, but making his fork hover in midair with his wand, as though he thought he, as though he found the headmaster's words unworthy of his attention. Well, um, yeah, because he know his daddy. Is it really man. is unworthy because he's like, "Be safe, okay?" But I am. Right. I am the. I am the oncoming storm. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, you just meant play football. Sorry. <laughs> right. We watched the lodger the other day. Yeah. Um, basically, you just meant. I, basically. Um, I cannot emphasize strongly enough how dangerous the present situation is um, and how much care each of us at Hogwarts must take to ensure that we remain safe. The castle's magical fortifications have been strengthened over the summer. We are protected in new and more powerful ways and we must still guard, but we must still guard scrupulously against carelessness on the part of any student or member of staff. 
I urge you, therefore, to abide by any security restrictions that he your basically said Hagrid might impose Hagrid. upon you. Sorry. But that's yes. basically what he said. <laughs> Carelessness on any part of any student, a.k.a. Harry, Harry. and his friends, or member of staff, a.k.a. Hagrid. Hagrid. Um, however irksome you may find them, in particular the rule that you are not to be out of bed after hours. Cough, cough, wink, wink. Uh huh. Um, I implore you, um, should you notice anything strange or suspicious within that, within or outside the castle, to report it to a member of staff immediately. I trust you to conduct yourselves always with the utmost regard for your own and others' safety. So this goes right in Harry's ear and right, and out. right out the other. <laughs> so this reminds me so much of um, a couple of days ago. Um, in the Slack, they were people were talking about the Netflix show Thirteen Reasons Why and how. Mm-hmm. The people that they, like, they found that people who work with kids are really into that show. And, like, the big, like, through plot point, of, what is that called? The through line of that show is, like, how dumb kids are and how, like, you're screaming at the TV, go tell an adult. <laughs> like, right. That is also hearing Dumbledore's speech, the through line of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Like, shut up and go tell an adult. Like, every time. Harry, you know his password. He ain't changed it. Go in there. And, like, the last time, to be fair, the last time they went to tell an adult, he was a fraud and tried to wipe their memory. So maybe they just have bad, uh... <laughs> Y'all! <laughs> <hard work laughs> <than> shit! <laughs> the first time, you mean. The first time. No, because the first time, they were telling adults and they didn't believe them. Oh, right. They were also, like, they didn't have business. all the facts either, so there's that. Like, they were telling Hagrid, and he, mm-hmm. they and they were also incorrect. But like, <laughs> they didn't talk; they weren't listening. And then the second time, they went and told Lockhart, and Lockhart was like, "Well, I'm out of here." <laughs> so I, I mean, I get it, but just one, try one more time. Just keep trying. <laughs> you have to at least cover your bases, right? Like, just like if if after you do that, like in Chamber of Secrets, after you did that, it was clear that Lockhart wasn't going to do nothing, and Ginny is still in the chamber. Like, okay, right. Go or, I mean, to be honest, Order of the Phoenix, you told an adult and then you didn't give him time no. to do what he was going to do. Exactly. Didn't check back in with him. Mm-hmm. Didn't, none of it, nothing. So, it just, it you know. Do better is all we're saying. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, Dumbledore finishes his speech. Um, is like, go to bed. Hermione darted ahead to fulfill her prefect duties of shepherding the first years, but Ron remained with Harry, which is why Dean <laughs> knew it was coming. Needs to take that job and needs to have that job. Back pay. Um, what really happened to your nose? He asked. Harry told him it was a mark of strength of the strength of their friendship that Ron didn't laugh. I saw Malfoy miming something to do with the nose. He said darkly, "Yeah, well, never mind that," said Harry. Listen to what he was saying before he found out I was there. Harry had expected Ron to be stunned by Malfoy's boasts, but Ron was unimpressed. Come on, Harry. You know he was just showing off for Parkinson. What kind of mission would you know who, would you know who have given him? How do you know Voldemort doesn't need someone at Hogwarts? It wouldn't be the first. Like, Ron is like, dude. But, come on. but Malfoy, though? Have you met Malfoy? Malfoy? He sent, like, he sent Barty Crowley. Like, he sent, like, a loyal servant. <laughs> You know? And then the other one he sent, he literally was on the back of his head. Right. Like, so, come on. Um, <clears throat> I wish you'd stop saying that name, Harry, said Hagrid. 
Dumbledore uses that name. Yeah, well, that's Dumbledore in it, said Hagrid mysteriously. Um, also, it's funny because like, it's like, Harry is the chosen one. Like, <laughs> come on. But also, like, like Hagrid, how you just don't show up, not talk about what In the middle of a conversation. And have strong opinions. I right, wish you could get to work like, on time, like, Hagrid, well, but we can't all true. have what we want. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just like, Hagrid, you, Harry has defeated Voldemort. How many times? Five now? So many times. I've lost. Like, at this point, like, he has earned the right. Even though a lot of the times he, like, didn't do much. (laughs) It was luck. But he still did it. Like, it's still on his side. Like, if you look at, like, wins and losses, Harry still got that win. Like, anyway. Um, Haggard says that he was late because he was with Grop and lost track of time. Um, he had a new home. (laughs) I just... Grop is still so, in the forest. <laughs> no, not anymore. Oh. Now he's in the mountains. Oh, right. Because um, Dumbledore fixed it, get, got him a nice big cave where he's much happier than he used to be. They were having a good chat. Um, and Harry and Ron are like, how? But they don't say that. Grop speaks um, English now. He can say well, Hagrid. I've, yeah. He can say Hermione. No, he can say Hermie. Hermie. He can say where. He can say where. And he can say want. That's a whole... And Grop. And Grop. That is a whole conversation if you think about our uh, the current resident of the White House. Like, mm-hmm. accurate, true. true, true Rob could run. For um, so Hagrid said. So Hagrid said he's really coming. He's really come on. You'll be amazed. I'm thinking of training him up as my assistant. Boy, like, sir. <laughs> and that's where you lost me. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. like, great. He's doing well, but he is not about to be up in here teaching. What? The kids. Hagrid what? said, "Fuck your kids." Oh my god! Nepotism. I do what I want. <laughs> what is happening? Um. Anyway, I'll see you tomorrow. First lesson straight after lunch. Come early, and you can say hello to Buck. I mean, Witherwings. Um, raising an arm in a cheery farewell, he headed out of the front doors. Harry and Ron looked at each other. You're not taking care of magical creatures, are you? Ron shook his head. And you're not either, are you? Harry shook his head too. And Hermione said, "Ron, she's not, is she?" Harry shook his head again. Exactly what Hagrid would say when he realized his three favorite students had given up his subject. He did not like to think. Which is like, yikes, but also Hagrid is an adult and, and yeah. And it's future. <laughs> needs to get over that shit. <laughs> like, to be honest, he needs to chill. Yeah, he'll get over it. Mm-hmm. Or he won't, but Or he won't, but he's an adult, so that's not on you. Yeah. Cool. Who is your MVP? Can I just tell you that this chapter was like, hey, how about we don't have an MVP? But yeah, um, I, I went with Tonks because mm-hmm. I refused to believe. And now I feel a lot better since we actually went through all of the ways I refused to believe that she was heartbroken like that. Um, and so she came through. She did her job the way it was meant to be done. So that's my MVP. Yeah, I also did Tonks because she found Harry um, and saved him from himself. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's pretty much why. So in the chat, Ariana also says Tonks for doing her job, which is not so easy when you are in your feelings. Mm -hmm. Delia seconds Ariana, Tonks for giving us a glimpse at a professional. Portia and Madame Pomfrey for setting such standards in the wizard, wizard medical community that even Harry Potter recognizes her skill. 
Mm-hmm. Amani, Madame Pomfrey for being up the boss and saving these kids' lives. Mm-hmm. And I think that is it. We may have cool. lost Laura. So, yeah. That's it. Okay. That's what we got. Um, I've been Snape for Ooh. being a miserable, terrible person. But not for goading Sirius into going through the Department of Mysteries. Because that's just not correct. That's not But <laughs> for everything else he is as a human being... <laughs> He's benched. <laughs> yes. Um, I wanted, so I wanted to bench um, Harry Potter for so many things. Like, for putting himself in the position that Malfoy got him, for saying that Snape was the reason why Sirius was at the ministry, for just a lot of things, but then Snape came sauntering down. True, and he needs to sashay away. So Snape, he does indeed. But Harry Potter gets a special mention. <laughs> um. Okay. So on the bench front, Delia benches Harry Potter. Harry, because I'm never going to bench anyone else in this book. Maybe Snape. I don't know. For now, Harry, I'm annoyed. Um. <laughs> dude. Will Harry Potter lose Half-Blood? It is a strong possibility. Possible. It is possible. It is a strong possibility. Portia also benches Harry for consistently showing us how to be privileged and trash. Ariana benches Snape because he's so petty in that seven O's, I think. Um, (laughs) And petty is in all caps. So petty! Um, And Amani's is Amani and bitches Dumbledore for enabling a Nazi and giving Snape what he wants and ignoring Hogwarts HR repeated letters to do something about his abuse and because Amani is nothing if not on brand. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yep. <clears throat> well, thank you for listening. Next week we will be discussing chapter nine of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, the Half-Blood Prince. Um, make sure to follow along and let us know who you think is the real MVP and who is benched for the chapter. Um, just as a reminder, like, we really do want to know your thoughts on this chapter and, like, what things that we say and, like, parts that you think we missed. Um, it's also, like, how we build this community and it's how we've, like, gotten to know some people and invited them on our podcast and all this kind of stuff just from knowing, like, their thoughts and, like, hearing from them. So we really do want to hear from you and we want to get as many voices, um, as possible. Um, yeah. And... We just want a continuous conversation of Harry Potter. All we the time. love talking Harry Potter with Harry Potter nerds. And then those Harry Potter nerds become our friends and trusted members of the community. And then they become content creators if they so choose to want to. Um, and yeah, thank you for listening and looking um, forward again, to your Again, on Twitter at We Black and Nerds, hashtag wizard team. Join our Slack if you want to talk about Harry Potter things and everything else galore. Literally everything. everything. Actually, literally everything. <laughs> yeah, that's actually true. If you there was only a whole want Sims to talk conversation oh, sorry, going on, go um, I was saying there's a Sims conversation going on that spun off from a Hogwarts mystery conversation. <laughs> we we're talking about uh, what was it? There was something else that was happening today that was like it's just everything everything you just want that kind if of space to do that just want to talk harry potter you can join our our wizard team facebook group um where we do veer a little bit but it's mostly harry potter focused and if you just want to you know whatever whatever kiki and whatever you can um just hit us up on twitter yeah 
Um, check out our website, blackgirlscreate.org, and we will see you or you will hear from us on the internet. On the interwebs. <laughs> Bye.